0: Grind for the love of the game, takes as hot as the sun in the sky. I grind for the love of the game. Today's podcast, Fantasy Basketball Buy Low and Sell High. What's up, Pipeline (laughs) J? What's up, dude? How you doing? good. How you doing? I'm excited about this podcast, man. Um, Absolutely. I I, I wanted to actually, just before we get into any content, I had some news and notes, um, some stuff I wanted to get into. But I, I'm kind of really craving um, an update on your bowling league because we did let the people know you are in a bowling league full of older gentlemen. Uh, I have been promised a pitcher. I was told there's a photo of you and your team shirtless with your guts out. I would like to share that on the PTA Twitter. I um, know and Cheeseburger Andy Jokic, social media manager, quick shout out, is waiting for that picture as well. So we haven't seen the pitcher. Uh, is the team still together? Or are you get, What's happening with this?
1: well there's a lot of drama in the bowling league right now a lot of a lot of big drama we showed up to the <laughs> last week okay. i couldn't believe this drama but uh we showed up and there's like big big hubbub like they're like they're trying to decide if we're if we're going to be able to bowl this week or not uh because we're standing there and one of the guys in my league he got uh like a 70 year old lady gave him her dad's old ball so it's a really old ball and he's pretty cheap and, and i'm cheap too and and he, none of us are very good, but so he just puts two holes in it to roll. And and I do the same thing. And we're standing there and they're like, oh, wait, you only put two 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 fingers in there? You, you don't, you, if you have three holes, like that is a brand new law. That's illegal now. Like you're, you're rolling illegally.
0: Um, wait, hold on. So you're saying if you have three holes legally, it's, it's, you have to stuff all three. It is against the law to it, leave a hole unstuffed.
1: You got to stuff, you got to stuff them all. Uh, and so, but, but so you can, you can have a ball with two, two finger holes, two holes, and, and you can have two fingers in it. That's fine. You can have a ball with one finger and put, play with one finger. But if you have three, you got to use three fingers. It doesn't make any sense. It's pretty dumb. It's brand new. That's a lot but of so call. Oh, it's such a pain in the ass. Who's yeah, buying yeah, one it, whole ball? I don't know. I oh, you get one. these bowling, these bowling guys. I don't know. I'm but, serious. uh. So they call they call a captain's meeting because uh, bowling is bowling leagues are the type of thing where uh, captains are for some reason have more authority than every than anybody else in some dumb reason. But so they uh, they call a meeting. They're like, okay, should we allow these guys to play or should we vacate their previous scores or not let them play this week? Uh, What do we do here? And. There's some people raising their hands saying like, oh yeah, no no no, yeah, no the, you, you can't play like, and we're like, we don't know what we're doing, like we're just we're just beginners
0: here, like and and cl- and also we're not very good either, uh, right, like like, I like we're I- just trying to hang out. You're going to pound us either way, no matter how many holes we have, our holes will get pounded by you.
1: Yeah. I was like, we have three holes and like, I just don't know how to do it yet. I feel like that's like, figuring uh, it out. if you, if you, oh. if you flagged an NBA player and you're like, Hey, wait, it says in the rule book, like you have to have two eyes open, but you're playing with one eye closed. Like that's kind of how I, like, I feel like we're doing here. Um, but there's some of the guys in the league and they're like, they're like, Whoa, ignorance is no excuse for, uh, for this, you know? And, uh, other people are like, well, I think they should be, you know, not be allowed to, you know, be uh, up for any awards this season. Um, but so in any case, they, everybody votes. And it was it was kind of a split decision, but they allowed us to continue rolling that day, just that day. Um, and we had to get new balls. But it turns out the whole thing was the funnest day of bowling I've ever had in my life because it just freed me from pretending that I had to be like a nice person or be like uh, wow. like kind. So I was just able to talk so much smack the entire time. <laughs> Every time we would get a strike, you know, I would turn to like one of the... One of the guys, you know, who threw up a big stink in it. And I was like, I was like, how do you like that one, Stu? You like that strike? Like, uh, You're talking smack to old dudes named oh, Stu. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Might as well be at the YMCA locker room snapping towels.
1: Yep. That's pretty much what it was. At one point, he tries to kind of endear himself, you know, to us later. You know, I got a strike and he's like, oh, n- nice roll. And I was like, I was like, oh, you think that was a nice roll? It's because I'm cheating. That's why I got a strike. I'm cheating, Stu i I've, I've never got i've never just gotta like relentlessly smack talk like a like a nice old probably like old like insurance salesman like 70 year old insurance salesman like that funnest time ever had the best bold my best uh week of the season so uh um stew if you're a listener out there
0: tell them how you feel we're, we're gonna continue cheating <laughs> you know i think we've just come up with our next spinoff pod. I mean, Flying J's business pod's doing really well. It hasn't been released, but it's doing well. And so now we're going to have to have a spinoff of your league. We're just going to release six-minute increments. So please look forward to uh, the next installment of Natron Clean's bowling league fiasco. And, you know, high drama with unstuffed holes. So that would be a lesson to you. If you got a hole, try to stuff it. You unstuffed holes lead to high drama. Yep, yep. Don't leave most of that. Okay, so this is a fantasy basketball podcast, as you might know, projecting the jump fantasy basketball podcast, PTJ. Um, I have some news and notes, Ned, I wanted to kind of run through real quick. Um, Actually, I sent you a screenshot of this and then inspired me to do a quick dive here. So this is about positional eligibility on Yahoo, and I'm thinking today is really based around the fact that the trade deadline's coming up um, and the fantasy playoffs are within sight. So everything we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about is with that scope, the buy lows, the sell highs, obviously be very aware of when your trade deadline is be aware of what week your fantasy playoffs start um, with all the things we're talking about today. But, you know, it's also time to start looking at your roster construction, not just build wise as far as the categories you're trying to win, but the positions that you have. So for instance, my team, and I think you, you lean this way too, I'm always looking for the next big guy. You know, I, I grabbed Mitchell Robinson before he came off. I, uh, I all, I all <laughs> the injury spot. Um, and he put up two double doubles to start. I already had Mark Williams. Uh, I have Shane like, so now I just have too many centers that are must roster players. And so I looked at my week next week and I have two games coming up to two days where I would need to leave a big guy on the bench when I have a, sh- a shooting guard spot open and a small forward spot open. So now I'm hunting like hell, trying to find somebody who might have a similar problem, or, you know, maybe a, they have a player that doesn't fit their build. So it's just a really good time to look at your roster construction, also from positional flexibility. Um, because, yeah, it's a, it can really be a deterrent when you're taking zeros because of the way your rosters are set up. So quick shout out to Yahoo. They actually did. Right before the All-Star break, they added a small forward eligibility to Kyle Kuzma. You know, that's a pretty obvious one. The Wizards have been mm. starting that double big lineup of Gafford and Porzingis. Um, so it's super rare. It's actually only happened five times since the start of December. One of the players I had never heard of and has an NA next to their name. So I don't think they're in the league. So, um, mm. yeah. Have you, have you given any thoughts to that? And how do you feel about the emphasis on making sure that you do have Positional versatility on your roster before that trade deadline passes.
1: Yeah, that's, I think, positional uh, flexibility is huge. We've kind of talked about this a few times, giving guys a bump if they have a couple different spots they fit into. But, but you're right. I mean, this is the time of year where you move towards theoretical players or guys that, you know, could, could break out to, to start rostering guys that are actually going to help you for the long, long run in the playoffs. I know we had a guy. Odin's being in our league last year that just kind of spent the last couple of weeks of the season punting the last few weeks in an effort to just uh just build towards the first couple of weeks of the playoffs and uh you know it when that was going on, it felt like oh this team is is you know' completely failing, but it was pretty sage of him. I mean, he ended up advancing to the to the finals, yeah he, he was a six
0: seed I was a three seed and that, he beat me on the in the first round mm-hmm. there. so I, yeah i was... bring that up. It's all good. Shout out Odin's P. And we're actually discussing a potential trade. He's engaged with me via text. He said he's never made a trade. Um, so <laughs> I do It's crazy. Right. It's insane. Uh, it's one of those uh, badges of honor he wears. You know, it's an old man badge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so before we get off the topic, I did want to share this. So according to Yahoo, uh, position eligibility is determined by this cluster F, a combination of box score data, past performance, outside websites to track positional data and a few of our trusted reporters. So very encrypted. Uh, adding or changing position eligibility is rare. However, certain trends may result in updating a player's eligibility. It's Just there, there you have it. They, it's kind of a, sounds like something they can kind of manipulate how they want. Not super transparent, but there's Yahoo's official um, statement on how they determine that. Hmm, I'm surprised they even put something out. Right? Yeah, I had to dig for it, but, uh, but there it was, so. So yeah, today is our buy low sell high show. It's our last buy low sell high show before the many deadlines are passing. Um, I think our deadline is the beginning of March. And I think that was probably the Yahoo default deadline. As the commissioner, you kind of left it the way it was right
1: Uh, I think I moved it back one week, which I, I don't know. I think, I think in general, I think if you're, if you're in a public league, you're in a a new league with new people or, you know, even first or second year, I I do like having a deadline. I think it kind of, uh, just because, you know, until you know, everybody in your league, it kind of, uh, solidify. I mean, make sure that nobody's dumping and doing weird stuff at the end of it that kind of can go wonky in your league. Um, you know, and I also like the forced, uh, you know, uh, A trade deadline there a little bit to kind of create some action but i do think if you're in a league where you know everybody you trust everybody it's a long-running league
0: yes you don't
1: you know you don't need a trade deadline or you can have it as as late as you want uh but uh but you know like like you said it's important just to know when it is that's a great
0: that's a really good point about you if a league's been going for a long time you can trust the people in it there hasn't been a lot of turnover um then you can you get a privilege like moving a trade deadline up I did check real quick. So the default Yahoo public league uh, deadline is March 2nd. So coming up uh, just this week. Um, Mm. So we will get this pot out to you tonight, Sunday night. So you can crunch some of this information uh, before trade deadlines do pass. So because this player is of particular interest to us, Natron, I'll go ahead and just throw my first player out. Um, Yeah. So this is a buy low and I I consider this a build specialist. Uh, My first player is Jalen Green. And it was prior. Mm. So, so Nate and I have been discussing a a, a trade uh, that's really positionally based um, involving Jalen Green. So it's kind of interesting. So when I was going through it, here's some carrots to him. He does the default Yahoo playoff schedule, which begins March 13th. So that would be week 21, 22, and 23. Jalen Green does have a 444, which I'm revealing mm. to you. You may you wow, yeah. do that, yeah. So he has the 4 um, 4 which is you don't want to overrank and You know, if you listen to Josh Lloyd, he'll say, you know, if, you know, the quality games aspect, meaning like three of the four games are on very high volume days, if you have a fringe player and in certain leagues, Jalen Green might be a player you might bench if you have, you know, a couple guys you got to decide between. So maybe look ahead if you're doing something like planning for the playoffs, take a look at where those games fall Take, you know, it's a lot of extra work to do, but maybe make a quick little chart of okay on Wednesday I do have two extra guys and on Thursday you know there's a Tuesday Thursday back-to-back of a player that I could get in instead of that guy so you can plan ahead a little bit so long-winded way of saying don't overrate the fantasy schedule too much but this is kind of my thing on Jalen Green if he doesn't fit your build at this point which is really punt field goal percentage and turnovers I think you should try to move him prior to the deadline if he fits your build and you don't have him check with his manager to make sure he fits theirs I think a Jalen Green trade is one that could be advantageous to both managers in many leagues. So there's other players out there like that, but he really screamed out to me. Um, There's a chance that he could really go on a tear down the stretch. There's also a chance that the Rockets will find ways to, to, you know, have him missing games randomly. So maybe Mm -hmm. if they want to match the Spurs on creative tanking, um, then he's he's a risky one. But at the same time, you might be able to get him for a very reasonable price if he doesn't fit. The build of the manager who has him. So, as the you know, Jalen Green manager yourself, how does that hit you? Um, and where where are you out on where you could see it going? What's the range of outcomes for Jalen Green for you?
1: Yeah, I you know I've, I've rostered him all season, and I kind of always thought like because his ranking is so low because he the things he does poorly he does very poorly yeah. Um that it kind of torpedoes his his ranking so when you're making a trade he doesn't look as good on paper even though you know and i don't have his numbers right in front of me i mean he's averaging tw- 22 points a game four and four i mean and he's he's i mean he's putting up these giant counting stats which are really strong um but so i think in general, you're right. I mean, if he fits your build, he's the, he's a sneaky, fantastic player for your build. But if he doesn't fit your build, then he's torpedoing you. Yes. Um, so I, I do think he's the perfect player to, to look at for your trade and evaluate, does he fit on my roster or does he not?
0: As somebody who loves watching horrible Rockets games and somebody who loves fantasy basketball, I just want to see Jalen Green on the right w- roster before deadlines pass as a purist. You know, let's make let's get this guy on the right roster. We don't need him torping. You, you don't want him hurting your team. So if he is hurting your team, find the guy who would benefit from the increased usage, but hit with the deficiencies that he offers and field goal percentage. Yeah, and, and I'm
1: not I'm not worried actually about the him them sitting him just because they're. Okay. Uh, well, you know, in general, I mean, it's kind of interesting looking at the at the whole NBA landscape. Uh, you know, there's these five teams that are right down there at the bottom, and the Rockets have been so bad playing all of their guys. That's what I think uh, that in, now that they've evened out the the odds, the bottom four all right. get the same odds. That I just I think that they're going to continue doing what they're doing. Continue. Um, I mean, they are they are prioritizing development guys, and he is a development guy. and I just can't see them going on a run uh, exactly. one way or the other. So I think I think I, he's pretty, pretty tank tank uh, proof.
0: I was just telling someone that actually. So thanks for bringing that up that Jalen green, because he's still finding his way. He's still, you know, he's, he's an incredible score. He's a great athlete, but I think some of the fine tuning, some of the basketball IQ stuff isn't there yet. So the rockets don't need to sit Jalen green to lose games. So that's a very good point. So, um, yeah, overall I would not put him on this list because I'm afraid of the tank. Um it's just, you know, it's it's in it's in the algorithm somewhere when considering trading for a player on a horrible team. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. So that's so what I got on Jalen Green. Um, who did you want to talk about first?
1: Well, I'm gonna start with, the, with a with with a sell high or I don't I'm not it's not even a sell high. It's just a sell. Um and that is just a sell. Uh, Get rid of. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean so. S- sell as high as it is right now. I feel like it's a little bit like selling your, as your, I mean, I, obviously you have your own business podcast, but I feel yeah. like it's a little bit like selling yeah. your Dogecoin. You know, like you, you're not going to get that much for it, but just ho- get, just get what you can for I'm it. I'm holding all my Doge. Uh, Oh, are you? Okay, yeah. Well, geez, well, this is you're you're probably gonna hang on to this guy then too. Um, and that's Anthony Simons, the poor man's ant man. Mm-hmm. Um he's out right now four to six weeks. Um, uh, and that was as of uh a week ago, sixteen, So that means you know, and realistically, like if you look at the the rest of the season, best case scenario, he's coming back for the start of the fantasy playoffs. Worst case scenario, he misses the entire fantasy rest of the regular season. Um, and I think after kind of the debacle or the PR debacle, at least with GP2, as far as the, uh, you know, kind of thought that maybe the Blazers weren't prioritizing health or pushing players back into the lineup a little quicker than they should have been. I think that the Blazers is going to be extra careful bringing him back along. Um, so I think, you know, and and... I think even more so than just kind of that theoretical guess. I mean, I think we can look at his own teammates, you know, and, and obviously one person's injury recovery time isn't the same as another, but Justice Winslow also suffered mm-hmm. a grade two uh, ankle sprain, which is the same injury as Anthony Simons. He's been good. out since uh, December 21st, which that's is really nine been lingering. Weeks. Yeah. Good reporting. Yeah.
0: Good reporting. I mean, not all our bodies are made equal, but it is the same training staff. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah. So I think uh I think, you know, unless you have a roster that you're you're locked in, you know, you're and and maybe maybe you feel really comfortable that you're getting a buy, uh, then in that case that's a different story. If you then you can kind of think, okay, well, maybe he'll come back. But I, I think unless you're in that scenario, I would investigate whether you can get value for him at this point, just because you may be sitting on a goose egg and, right. and even worse than the goose egg, you're t- you're sitting at, you're looking at somebody that's probably taking up an IR spot for you, which is,
0: which is really valuable. This is an interesting one. And I'm glad you brought this up because it's a different kind of path to talking about roster decision-making, not just buy lows and sell highs, like you call it a sell. So I actually do have Simons in my public league, and this really depends on how your injury slots are stacked up. So the league I have him in, we have three injured reserve spots that are not IL plus eligible at all. So mm-hmm. as of right now, um, he's chilling in one. But I also have Devin Vassell, um, Zion Williamson, and Steph. Uh, so right now wow. I'm second. I'm second in the league, and I'm gonna hold for now. But I'm not even shopping him right now because I figure like, I mean, I guess I could throw out a couple insane. You know, but they're not going to be much better the players that I could reasonably get than what's on the wire. So for me, as soon as he starts affecting my ability to to win games, um, then I might cut bait. He's he, he's on the chopping block if need be. But right now, I'm just keeping him stashed. I'm in second place, and because I already have a Zion build, and we'll get to him later, um, I'm just happy. You know, I'm happy to keep the horses in the stable, um, and if I don't get a buy because of it then that's not a big deal because I already do have the Simons, the Vassal and the Williamson Steph combo. It's a trois dupe effector. So um, for me, I'm just kind of chilling and hoping that these guys get back uh, as the fantasy playoff star. But as soon as he's a detriment to me winning a week, Simons is gone on my roster. Yeah, that's,
1: that's a really that's a really uh, good comment there. I mean, it, it does make a difference in your league if you if you're if you're IR plus spots or they I are the IR spots, and if they're IR, then yeah, you probably hang on to them just because. The, to get a guy with that actual designation takes a while. Um, IR plus, I, I would I would investigate moving him uh, on the quick. But but this is also a take that could blow up in my face, you know, I think more than anything else that I'm going to say, just because he could be back in two, three weeks and, and be right. back to being uh, the 51st player in fantasy. But, <clears throat> but, but we'll see. I think, I, I kind of suspect the Blazers will be a little more cautious.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm really impressed we're on the same wavelength. It's very cosmic right now. So the next thing i had written down to share is it's called the little strategy corner and that is about shopping an injured player with value always before dropping if you feel like you got to drop an injured player top 100 player it could be a stud like zion or carl anthony towns or it could be a player like simons always shop around first um you know an example is in our league of record i was able to get carl anthony towns off the waiver wire um, and I think that drop had to do with where our league mate was at in the standings and the fact that our, our IL spots are IL plus. So if you can move people in and out and you can plan ahead, and if you get an injury tag um, that's only going to last a day, you can go through for two weeks and move people around and try to get extra games. So it can hurt to hold on to a player with a long term uh, timeline. But personally, I would have traded a top 75 to 90 player for Cat. Um, I would have traded Jeremy Grantford Towns. Uh, in that situation and taking that shot. So I bring this up and use my, a real example to say, if you have Zion or you have Towns and hold, Simon's even, all the way down to Simon's, if you have a player with a timeline that's murky, that bleeds into the playoffs, I would highly advise you to shop around and find that owner who's willing to roll the dice and they're probably higher in the standings.
1: Yep, yeah, that's a great point. Might, might as well do your due diligence before you cut
0: baits. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'll get into what I'm calling the luxury home run swings part of my lows. My first bylaw in that category is Zion Williamson. Um, obviously managers are super frustrated and rightfully so. Um, this was the risk, uh, that owners, including myself took when you drafted Zion. So this is all about where you're at in the standings. I think if you were high enough in the standings and you can get him for dirt cheap, uh, from an owner uh, who's close to dropping him, I think it might be worth it. And I'm not sitting here like saying like, you know, oh yeah, I feel pretty good about that hamstring that had a setback. Like, and Zion who like, it's well reported, isn't exactly taking the best care of his body yet and could really use a personal yoga instructor. And, you know, maybe needs to be shown how to use YouTube so they can do some stretching videos. like. Like clearly this guy is not taking care of his body just yet, <laughs> but this is my point It's people are ready to drop. We saw in our league of record that, that Towns was dropped. And so I think it's worth fishing around. If you're first or second in the standings, you have an open IL spot. See, um, you know, I know in our league, the Zion owner, the boy uh, Odin Speen is very frustrated as well. So yeah, I just think a don't drop. If you drafted Zion right now and you're still doing well in the standings, you're just dealing with the same problem that you were dealing with at the beginning of the season. You're hoping it gives you that jolt. So I know it sucks, but that's the risk you took. Um, I would write it out rather than trading him for like a top 90 player personally, if I was top three in the standings. But um, if you are top three in the standings and do not have Zion, I would take a shot. I would, I would maybe roll the dice and, and trade a Josh Hart or a player like that um, and just see if he can get you to the next level. Where do you land on that strategy wise? Um, using Zion is kind of a template for it.
1: Yeah. I think it, it all depends on, on what your roster looks like and, yeah. uh, and how much, uh, you know, if, if you take a hard look at your roster, do you think if things broke, right, could I win? Could I win the league? That's why so I feel like, I feel like I've had other i se- I've had seasons where I've been like, I have a good team. I've won a lot of games. I just don't think if I get matched up against these three guys, I could beat those three teams. I could beat those other two teams I, and I could advance, but I don't see myself being able to win. Then in that case, uh, you know, it's kind of hard, but, but take that big swing. Uh, you know, And I think that, that makes sense, especially if, uh, um, if you've had some injuries or anything like that. I, so oh yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. But uh, I think you, but at the same time, you don't want to do it to the detriment of your team because you never know when uh, you, uh, I think th- the ultimate thing is just like get into the playoffs, you know, don't do anything that, that keeps you from missing the playoffs. Cause if you get in there, in there, you never know what happens. You could, you know, I've had seasons where you make the playoffs and then the team I'm playing against just kind of their team falls apart and yes. I kind of just advance through it. it, it so does. just yeah. make, give yourself a chance. D- don't, don't make a trade that's going to hurt you, But uh, but yeah, sure. Take a swing.
0: Take a swing if you're in a position to where you can't fall any further than where you're comfortable falling in the playoff seating. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's Absolutely. my Zion thing. Um, who you got next?
1: Uh I got a uh, really lo- uh my next buy low guy is only for you trade junkies out there. Mm. If you're the type of person and we and we love you, we we appreciate you and I think every league appreciates this player because it just gives the league a little bit of fodder. Everybody loves to like wake up and look and be like, oh, there's a trade. Yep. Who won? Who lost? Like it just, it creates some excitement. Oh. Um, so this is uh, not necessarily a guy that you, but you have to get by any means. But if you're just, if you have that addiction, this might be a good guy to kind <laughs> like of make this. It, to do as a low key end of the roster type move. And that's it, Benedict Matherin. Oh, that's um, fun. That's pretty fun. Yeah, he's, I mean, on the season, he's, he's actually, it's kind of shocking. He's number the, he's number 240 uh, on the season. And it's, uh, you know, just because he's not providing you a lot of peripheral stats, it's just kind of a little bit of points and three throws is kind of all he does. It's just here's Jalen Green, honestly. You know, it's funny. I am I actually had that written down here as well. <laughs> nice. uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. We're uh, same wavelength there. But uh, yeah, so I mean, the Pacers after like an after an awesome start are 26 and 35 right now, currently in 12th place in the East. Um, and I know they just beat or the Magic over the weekend, but they could pretty easily, you know, outrace them um, to the fifth best lottery odds if, if they they decided that was an important thing to him, which Herb Simons hasn't always necessarily or he's been on record saying that they won't tank. Um, so we'll see if that happens. But I I think even if they don't outright tank, which I which I don't expect them to, I could see some uh, kind of maintenance games for the combination of Hallibur and Turner and, and your boy, Mr. Plow, but he healed some funny um, business. Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing too crazy, but some minutes in there, uh, a couple games. games. Um, and if that ends up being the case, I mean, right now in the season, Benedict Mathurin's averaging 28 minutes per game. Uh, let's just say he, he sees a five minute per game bump up to 33 minutes let's a game, that. which is, which is reasonable. I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned Jalen Green last season towards at the end, his minutes went from 32 to 38. Uh, so I think, I think you could see that. So a five minute bump, that's a fifteen percent increase. Uh you know, make it this is kind of making some assumptions, but let's say he has a fifteen percent increase in all his counting stats. That means that you're looking at a guy that's averaging just under twenty, uh, five, and two. That's with seven three throw attempts per game. And that's that's a that's a good player. That's a guy that you want on your roster in the playoffs. Um, uh, so I think that's uh it's somebody to, uh, if you if you want to make a move, you're talking about trading end of a bench guys around. If it doesn't work out, you
0: cut them and it's no big deal. This is such a good one. And it's, it's really thinking about, okay, the Pacers are on the silly season bubble. They are right on the outskirts of entering that race. And you are right to say that the owner in the past has said that he doesn't want to do that. Carlisle definitely doesn't want to do that, but doesn't mean they won't head that direction. Uh, Then I've pulled up Benedict Matherin and I'm going to make a live offer right now. Um, So (laughs) he actually is (laughs) Benedict Matherin is number 79 um, overall in nine cat the last two weeks. His efficiency is getting better, man. Shooting 52% from the field, uh, 83% from the line and under two turnovers a game for two weeks.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, right. his three throws are elite. I mean, he he actually – it's weird for a rookie, but, I mean, he's averaging six three-throw attempts per game at 83% shooting. I mean, that's – thats I mean, that's really helping you win a category.
0: Yeah. Matherham was kind of your preseason guy. I think that Keegan Murray was mine. Um, mm-hmm. They both had pretty solid rookie seasons. Not spectacular, but yeah. at times, they've been – they've given you top 40 production for a couple weeks. Right. Yeah. So, pretty nice. Okay. So my next player in Natron clean is the second player in the luxury home run swings category. It's a player I put a lot of time researching into um, for personal selfish reasons. And that is Carl <laughs> Anthony towns. Carl Anthony towns ah, is, the, is the second player and in, in my luxury home home run swing by low. So it's very similar to Zion. I feel like if, if I could get him for Um, You know, a Josh Hart. Josh Hart is is insert player A for somebody who's like pretty much must roster, but it's not going to hurt to lose them. But somebody else might really want that player Um, that could really help. You know, yeah, it's like Uh, a a
1: replacement player,
0: a replacement player A. Right. Exactly. Like Jeremy Grant's at the very high end of this list. Josh Hart's towards the bottom and there's some players in between. Um, Mm. So personally, this is my philosophy. I would rather be a five or six seed entering the playoffs with a cat or a Zion return looming, then have a buy with a grant or a heart. And that's just how I like to play. I play to win titles and I'd rather uh, have a shot to win a title. If I feel like that's going to put me over the top. Um, and then if that goes wrong then lo- and just lose in the first round, I mean, that's how I feel. Um, I like to fill my trophy case. So for me, I feel like Carl Anthony towns was a great gamble and I'm glad I took that gamble. And if it doesn't work out, if I get to the second round of the playoffs and you know, he's just not playing yet. Peace. But like it felt good that I took the risk. And that's kind of that's my philosophy is like I feel good when I take a measured gamble. And so I think for um, a lot of people that could be the same thing. So so let's get into the injury piece real quick. So the initial report had towns out six to eight weeks with a grade three calf strain. Um, That time has obviously passed and I kind of read up on it. That was a very low prognosis for a grade three calf strain. Um, So Sham Sarania did report right before the All-Star break that Minnesota hopes Towns can play in at least the final 10 to 15 games of the regular season. So what does that timeline look like for us fantasy players? If he returns at the beginning of that timeline, 15 games remaining, that's actually March 10th, which is right before the start of week 21, which is the the default round one playoff uh, schedule for Yahoo. Mm. So you're getting him for all the playoffs at the best case scenario, according to the Sham's report. Uh, If it's at the end of it, 10 games, that's March 20th. That is the very beginning of week two. So especially if you have IO plus spot and it's at the end of that and and you get past the first round, you have a strong enough team. You know, personally, I feel like I have a strong enough team to get past round one if things break right and you get towns back. um, That's just icing on the cake. So, you know, just before this is the last piece I have on it right now, just, just before the weekend uh, coach, Chris Finch, not offering specifics said cat is in the final stages of his recovery, which for someone like me, who's digging for good gold nuggets, that was nice to read. It's not exactly, you know, he's not Dr. Finch, but (laughs) um, yeah, man, I just think he's just like Zion. Uh, He might be a player to just take a stab at if you like where you're at in the standings and you think you can put you over the top. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm an advocate of uh, going out and getting towns. And I do think that the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then I'll kick it to you to give me some analysis on this from the outside because I, you know, I am a little biased with this one, but I do think the Timberwolves who obviously don't have their own pick this year, um, have every incentive to get him back out. I know that Car- um, Anthony Edwards rather recently said, you know, it's not my team. It's me and Carl's team. So there's been positive, you know, positive vibes going in that direction. So I'd love to see them back on the court. I'm looking forward to seeing what the team looks like, if they can figure that out. So I know you got some futures on Minnesota, so you probably feel the same, but where are you at as far as your expectations? on towns getting back do you have you know and what do you feel like minnesota's motivation is on that
1: well i think i think they're i think you're right the motivation is clear that they they want to get him back on the court even if it's just if it's not to win the season just to know what they have a little right. bit they we they really weren't able to get a feel that you know early in the season there was kind of that awkward uh mesh period and so i think at a minimum, they just need to get up get him and Gobert on the court to figure out like, can this work? Yes. You know, I think they're committed to making it work, but you know, like what type of players do we need to put around him, these guys in the off season to make it work next next season. So I think Minnesota's eager to get him back in. Um the only thing that gave me pause is uh just come kind of when I'm watching, and this is uh <laughs> this is not uh uh any like shams or, or real analysis, but he looks like he's gotten pretty big, uh, Carly the Towns. When I sit him on the sidelines, he looks like he's really put on some some yeah. like uh beer some beer weight there. So I wonder if there's a little bit of conditioning, yeah. minus minus restrictions that come into play, but uh but maybe not. Uh but yeah, so but sure. Yeah, I, I um Like same as Zion, like take your swing, especially if you have the, uh, if you're in a nice strong roster position and you can do it for cheap enough. uh, I think it's all about the cost of it. So, you know, if it's, if it's kind of a free roll, yeah, do it.
0: Yeah. Good point. Luckily I like my centers thick. (laughs) Like them thick boys. Uh, So that concludes my uh, luxury home run swing category um, there Natron. So when you are ready, hit us with your next.
1: My my next one is uh is a buy low and and I'm not sure if if you're really going to be able to achieve that and get him for a buy low or not. Um uh, yeah, I think that buy window may have may have shut on you. It's a guy that we talked about in the Western Conference All Stars. Uh, and and really, I'm bringing them up mainly just because I want the excuse to talk about this team, which is now my new favorite league pass team. Um, And that's Mikkel Bridges of the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Um Love watching the Nets right yeah, now. I love it. It's fun. The, it's fun. The, they just have that egalitarian way they play with just the sharing of the ball, the passing. Just I mean, it's just this kind of. uh whirlwind motion a little bit that's kind of looks like a supercharged college team out there um I agree and you know and obviously everybody saw right before the break Mikel Bridges going off and looking like uh young Kevin
0: Durant out there oh, love that man I yeah. tried to get him after that trade people were inviting they went to see what they had but I was I was sending some generous offers on all my legs
1: yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to get him just cause he's raked. I mean, his, his ranking is so high as we went over in the Western conference. One, we, we both are in agreement that the ranking was a little inflated. Um, but, uh, but I do wonder it's, I think it's worth checking in with whoever rosters them I in mean, your league. You may not, uh, just to see if maybe he thinks, uh, bridges is a sell high. which is a, which is reasonable. I mean, it is, you know, if I, if I was thinking that I think, okay, we just saw the best game of his career um, and then everybody's been marinating on that a little bit. I'm going to sell high on him. Um, And so I'm just kind of here to say that, you know, I, I don't think he's a sell high. I'm only saying that, that I think what we've seen over the last week, which is him, him averaging twenty five six and three with two point three socks since he got to Brooklyn is a little inflated, but not too much. I think I think it's a little bit closer to reality. Um, I would say throw out an offer. You know, worst comes to worst, you, you don't you don't get him.
0: So if we're thinking about his value, and say we're putting ourselves in the mind of somebody who views him as maybe a sell high. If you thought it was a sell high, like how high are you trying to go? Like say you were really good in stock doing pretty well in stocks and you were looking to solidify scoring a field goal percentage. Would you trade bridges for DeMar DeRozan? Is that a good target? Or is that just yeah. a little too high? Like what what are we looking at? I no, know, I think that
1: would be a, f- a fair trade for for both teams, just because uh you- the, the nice thing is you're talking about a guy that has certain specialties. Um, and so I think you, if you're trying to trade for cross, um, you're trying to trade for a different position that opens up a lot more range of players that you can get. I think it would be a little bit harder if you're looking to trade for a similar esque player, you know, you're looking to trade him for a Desmond Bain. I think that would be a difficult move. I don't, I don't know who would bite on that one. Um, but, uh, but I They're think so similar I too. Think, it's kind of
0: like why you do it, why you wasting are. your time with that. You know? Right,
1: it's yeah, you're, you're kind of trying to pull in over the other guy, and I don't know who would win that one. Um, but but similarly to f- finish out the the nets here too, I I also like what Cameron Johnson has been doing for them as well. It it seems like uh, of their four uh, uh, glue guys, as we brought up in the past, it's pretty clear at this point, Cameron Johnson. Uh, is the number two looking really good with 15, four and three uh, since he's been to Brooklyn. And I think you can pretty safely cut or, or at the, at a minimum, just like uh stream for, for steals and blocks. Right. uh Rice Freeman and DF and DFS. I think those guys are pretty safe to cut made at this point.
0: All right, to to hall of fame glue guys. We know you'll be back. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's only one season. It's a long road to hoe for two of our favorites, but uh you know, it's interesting. We're thinking about the sort of one for ones It uh, kind of breaches into my next category, which are trade sweeteners. You know, they're obvious, but still check sell highs. And these players coupled with another player can get you um, that target you're looking for. So my first player on that list is uh, I sent you a screenshot of this is Derek White. Um, I think Derek White is, is a classic sell high. He's pretty obvious. Um so he's best, he's best when stirred, like at your favorite cocktail. You mix him in a two-for-one. You know. And just for a specific example, I was looking through trades, and I actually just made a trade in my public league, which I sent you, where I needed some help at the guard position due to some injuries, and I wanting to sustain my three-point production and my assists and my points, and I had a glutton of centers. So I took Derek White just um, you know, about five days ago, I think, Derek White and Clint Capella, and I turned that into Fred VanVleet which for me, I feel like I won that trade. And, you know, shout out to Chris's crazy team in my public league because he won our last trade when he got Beal, basically Beal for Franz Wagner. So even that out and a little strategy corner. He beat me in that trade is the way it's, it's played out. So I was like, this guy's going to think he's getting over one over on me again. He's not going to do his research. <laughs> hmm. And so I did. I, I don't know the guy. It's a public league. So if somebody ends up winning a trade against you, I think it actually gives you an advantage in the next set of negotiations. That's a little bit of psychological corner yeah you know, just
1: a little psychol- <laughs> a little psychology to it yeah, huh. yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting idea there so, yeah I mean you're right it, it, it's uh Derek White clearly is at his maximum value right now I mean he's it's 100% unlikely 100%. he's going to go through another stretch without Jalen Brown uh and smart out of the lineup I mean he's been just I mean he was on fire right before Jeez. the break so he's he clearly is at the peak of his value. And if you feel like somebody doesn't assess do, doesn't realize that. Yeah, sure. Trade him. I mean, uh, Brogdon's the same way too. He's kind of um, probably near the peak of his value. Both those guys are still going to be, as we talked about before, are still going to maintain their season long value. I mean, Correct. these guys are, they're still good players that, that you want on your roster and you're, you're going to be happy to have them. Um, but you're right. I mean, they, they've seen their peak and so they are, by definition, classic sell highs. If you can get that value and, uh, might as well search it out.
0: Yeah. I think Derek white and Malcolm Brogdon are both must roster players in 12 team formats for the rest of the season. Absolutely. So let's make that crystal clear. Um, Derek white was not in the finishing lineup against the Pacers. That was the first game out of the break. He did not play in the overtime. He had a nice line in 25 minutes. So I think the sell high window on him is cracked. Um, You know, so just quick, some quick numbers for you. The 17 games that Derek White's played without Marcus Smart, um, his points went from 9.8 to 16.5, and his dimes went from 3.3 to 5.3. The 11 Mm. games without Brown, uh, his points went from 10 to 19, and his dimes went up by three a game. So either, and I bring this up to say the either path, you know, if, if Smart turns an ankle for a week, you're looking at a top 50 player again. So this is actually a True. credit to the people who, are, you know, that's why it's not, you know, pulling the wool over someone's eyes. If they want to do a two for one and consider white still valuable because, you know, one of these guys could miss a week again. And that's what you're going to that's a jump you're going to get. True. Or, or Brogdon or Tatum
1: for that matter, too. Exactly. I mean, we haven't seen that yet, but I think I think it'd be reasonable to assume similar jumps if that happens.
0: Right, exactly. I'll, I'll run through Brogdon real quick, just to do a, kind of a pair as they go together before I kick it back to you. Um, so similar to White, he actually only played 21 minutes against the Sixers yesterday. So um, he may work better as a two-for-one sweetener. His season rank is 88, so that's the um, on the at the total number value. Um, on the average, the last month he's 56 in 9-cat. He's 90th in your points leagues. He is 28th the last two weeks in nine cat, which really surprised me. And he's 49th in your points leagues. So people who are pretty glued to the ranks um, again, that that's why you want to throw them into sweetener because when someone's focused on the other player, they really want to get, and they're like, and this other guy's still killing it. Like, I know so-and-so came back, but like, look at those numbers. That's how you get a nice two for one.
1: I love that category sweetener trades because that, that really does. it, It is, it's so much easier to get, uh, to convolute the rankings a little bit with two guys in there. God, I love talking trades.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is the season. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So that's my obvious, but still check category. What you got, Natron? Uh,
1: My next one is a uh, sell high and that's Jordan pool. And I think, you know, part of that is uh, because he has so much visibility, you know, and, the Warriors are everybody knows Jordan pool is. They're on the, they're on, you know, a national games so often. Uh, it might be a little bit harder to get to do this trade just because everybody's very aware uh that his his value is tied to Stephen Curry. Um, but I think it's it's also worth checking too, because he does have such name recognition that I think people might think that he has a little bit more standalone value than he really does. Um so. With like Curry that. on the shelf, which has been 21 games, uh, Jordan Poole is averaging 10 more points a game when he's right. when he's out of the lineup. He's having 27 points a game when there's no Curry around. Um, we still don't have an official timeline on Curry, but based off of everything that was reported before, it seems like he's absolutely going to be back. And maybe just right before the uh, fantasy playoffs start, but he'll be back before the playoffs. He's close. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that when he's back in this, the thing that's kind of sneaky with Jordan Poole is he's just average he when is. Curry's in in the lineup. I mean, he's he's the number one forty six player in per game value, uh, you know, on the season there. So you know, he's he's great when when he isn't, but you know, when Curry's in there, he's he's actually he's kind of just build specific um so i think if i if i had jordan Poole, i would take a look and it depends on where you're at in the standings but i would be taking a look at at managers that that really need a win the next couple weeks because i think there's that's a win opportunity for both teams um once again I mean, you're talking about you know not pulling the the wool over other managers eyes and i think this uh this is a great opportunity to be really upfront with whoever you're trading and say like hey like you're you're in seventh place like you need to make the playoffs. I had Jordan Poole. He's going to crush it for you for a few weeks. Then his value is probably going to come down a little bit, but like, but what does it matter if you don't make, if you don't make the
0: playoffs? Right. Um, I love that man. And I would use that strategy and attack it as quickly as he can. So meaning like Steph was, is going to be reevaluated. I think just in the next couple of days with the expectation he could play within the next week. So I actually think he'll be back by the time. If we recorded this, another pod next Sunday, I think he will have played a game. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of what the, what I'm reading in between the lines. So I love that, like when Steph went out and you have a clear timetable, I think, man, that's when you could really get value for someone like that, um, knowing that you're already good in the playoffs. So you're, you're, you know, top two, three seed. And you're like, hey, you want four weeks of a top 40 player knowing the, the drop-off that you spelled out as coming then what could you get? That'd be interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, there's an opportunity that's, that fits for both teams. uh, Sell a month of value to
0: the ninth place team for high, high dollar.
1: Right for for a guy that is going to help you in the playoffs uh, or help you all season season long, I think it could be a win win. But I would definitely explore trades for Jordan Poole unless unless he really fits your build perfectly. I mean, if you're right. if you're in a threes and points situation, that then that's different. But I think I would I would investigate it.
0: And I've loved him again as the rare handcuff in basketball to Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. If you're the mm-hmm. Steph Curry owner, like I wasn't able to get Poole in the league, I have Curry. I made a couple offers. I offered Simons at one point that didn't work out for me I thought, I thought that was a really fair trade for them but pool just yeah. has that name recognition um right it's the public league so i have no idea what you know his alliances are who he's a fan of but i thought that was a very fair offer um but i like the idea of if you have Steph and he's going to get some maintenance days you want that that spike to be on your roster and when pool gets that you know steps back into the role um yeah so that was a good one and it's We are very in sync tonight. So my next player is the usage change coming so high. And that is Clay Thompson. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Right. Yeah. And I, and I want to give the man his flowers. I want to, I want to just give him his props because we had talked earlier in the season on a previous pod about some of the changes in his game, just seeming a little more hesitant, sometimes not as fluid. Um, And it's incredible. Like the hard work, the dedication, Mm -hmm. his craft. Um, just something to be admired. So I think that we can say Clay's fully back, and he's been on an absolute So So uh, big up to you, Clay. If you're listening, I know you're a huge fan of the pod. Uh, but uh, you know, so against the Rockets last Friday, not fantasy related, just a crazy stat. Um, he had 42 points and did not score a two pointer. So all 42 of his points came on 12 three pointers and six free throws made. That's wacko! Isn't that insane? Really wacko! That's ridiculous. Wow. So like, hey man, people love Clay. He's super fun, um, but I think he's sell high. Same same deal as Poole. You know, you got the, you got Curry coming back soon. So Clay Thompson in the games without Seth Curry, that's been sixteen of them. He's giving you twenty six point seven points a game, four point three boards, and two point six dimes. Um, and when uh, Curry's in the lineup, actually don't have the sheet here, so that's okay because I remember it. It was I think it was sixteen point three points. And then the rebounds take down a little bit. The assists are around the same. So it's the same drop. You're dropping 10 points. That's the thing here. Pool and Clay, they're losing 10 points a game. Um, so all the same analysis that Natron gave on Jordan Poole does apply. Um, but somebody might really want what he does. Um, I actually made an offer to Odin's Pien today, offered him Jeremy Grant for Clay Thompson on the positional difference. And if you're getting 16, 4, and 2 from Clay Thompson, Jeremy Grant might be a better player to have, um, just, you know, in a vacuum. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, a, it's a, so, you know, again, it's, it's a good chance to see maybe somebody still wants what he does, and they're like, I know that he's going to take a bump, but – uh, you know the clay factor, just like the Jordan Poole factor, it gives him a little little extra carrot in the value there in negotiations because he's on national TV all the time. He's an easy guy to root for, not Poole. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of a doofus, but uh Clay is yeah, for sure. Same. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, so just a, a shout out to Clay. It's been incredible. Um watching him on this run. He's had two 42 point games in the past week or so. Um, so yeah, just uh, I've put him on uh the usage is about to change sell high list. Yeah, that's a
1: that's a good category. Yeah, and I think Clay, uh Clay and his, and the next guy I'm gonna talk about uh are both from the Northwest. And so I think uh just wanna take a, a quick pause and talk about how I think as Northwest guys, they probably are really big into Steelbridge coffee. Hell yes. Uh, I mean, I I had an I had a couple cups of Steelbridge coffee today. I and did uh Yeah, and uh so I would encourage anybody that, that's really into premium Premium Northwest uh, roasted coffee. So go check out steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ. You get four pounds of it. It's locally roasted. It's not by some big corporate thing where you're, uh, you don't feel any attachment to it. This is, this is local artisan stuff, really high quality. Um, and you get some, pick from some, some cool basketball cards. So I would say uh clay, um, and the next guy I'm about to talk about, uh, go out there, check out steelbridgecoffee.com backslash BTJ.
0: Can I add something about steelbridge coffee? Sure. So actually legitimately, I, I was curious when I ordered the four pounds and I got my Kobe brand rookie, it didn't specify if you're going to get light roast or dark roast. So I was kind of curious about that. It actually comes with both, both depending on how it seems they roasted that. So all of mine were Valentine's day roasted, which was incredibly fresh. I got it just a few days after Valentine's Day. It was roasted on 214. So some of them come towards the light side, towards the dark side. Um, I, I, I kind of like a medium roast um, myself, and both of these roasts are uh, hit the spot for me um, as somebody who's you know I, I don't want it way too dark. That can get a little too too blackened, and I don't want like a blackened mm-hmm. coffee season. Black salad water. for you know black water, you know Doobie Brothers. But but no, so you get a you get a little bit of both, and I thought that was really cool, and it actually didn't. Mentioned that anywhere I saw. So if you were wondering that yourself, yeah. And
1: and if and if you are like one of these people, I know uh, I've talked to a few people that are. I only drink light. I only drink dark. Uh, right after you order it, you can just go on Steel Bridge Coffee and send Joseph an email, and he 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 can hook it up with four pounds of one or the other or a medium or, or whatever you like in there. So he's pretty pretty flexible and really responsive. So
0: Joseph Penner, uh, Joseph Penner, yeah, Penner. Uh, thank you. But this uh, uh, segment yeah, the has been sponsored by Steel Bridge Coffee.
1: <laughs> uh, but the next guy I alluded to is, is Northwest Connection, um, and that's a buy low on CJ McCollum. Um,
0: Talk to me about this one. Hit, Talk to me.
1: Yeah, I think I think he kind of hits that classic buy low window in that over the last two weeks he can't shoot right 100- now. He cannot shoot. He can't shoot. He cannot shoot. He's the 152nd ranked player in fantasy over the last two weeks, which is totally out of the. He so looks like the shit out there. <laughs> He he doesn't look
0: good. I watched the game yesterday at a brewery in New Orleans, working on this podcast, eating some pizza. The game against the Knicks, man, he just he just looks off. He just looks off.
1: He's off, uh, and I, you know, and I think we've seen the sample size is pretty large on him. So he's the sixty-third ranked player in a per-game value this season. He's like I said, he's one fifty-two last two weeks. Uh, C.J. McCollum is last season was the forty-fifth ranked player. Um, you know wh- why is he down? Exactly what you said. He can't make a basket um this season he's shooting 43.6 percent, which would be his worst shooting season since his rookie year nine years ago uh totally this is an outlier stretch is, is what i'm thinking i think he's going to um I think if and when, realistically, when he returns back to hitting those mid-range jumpers as some of the best in the NBA, you're going to see a huge value spike. Um, kind of the the nice thing about CJ McCollum the last couple of years, or really since he's got to New Orleans, he's expanded his game a little bit. So he's averaging, uh, you know, he's having a career high six six assists per game and a career high one point six stocks. Um, so once he starts hitting those. those those shots again, which he's going to, you're going to see a big, a big jump up. But you know, the nice thing is even in this like crazy slumpies on where he just, he can't, he can't do anything. Um, I think some of it might be tied to the team kind of uh, not having continuity with injuries and whatnot. Uh, He's still putting up 21, four and a half and six with three threes a game. So, I mean, I think it's not like you're, you're seeing a terrible player, but I think, I think, this is the buy low on them.
0: Yeah, so I can attest to the chemistry thing. So I'll actually be going to the game tomorrow to, to watch the Pelicans mm. take on the Magic. We got those killer seats. Nice. super excited to see the sweat beads on Bulbul. Um But yeah, during the game <laughs> yesterday, Brandon Ingram, your boy, he can be a little bit of a black hole at times. And he's, he's looked to be looking for a shot a little bit more. Um, you know, when the Pelicans were at their best towards the end of last season and in the playoffs... They had a different feel. There was more of a flow and a continuity to their offense. So you know there has been a lot of in and outs, and maybe they're still kind of adjusting. It's there's been a little a year churn, my turn with CJ and Brandon Ingram, and I don't think that needs to be a long term thing. So hopefully they can kind of iron that out. We're not exactly sure what to expect with Zion, but even if whether Zion comes back or not, I think CJ's role as a facilitator is pretty locked in. And if the shots get easier, that percentage the percentages are going to go up. And when percentages go up, points go up, even if uh, usage goes a little bit down.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got him as a, as a pretty solid buy low there. I like that one.
0: Yeah. he's He's been a frustrating player. I traded him for OG and Anobi earlier, as I mentioned before. And um, right. that shooting, I just, both of those guys, honestly, their shooting can be a little atrocious, but, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you got next? That's all I got. That, those are my boys. Nice.
1: I got, I got a quick, Quick uh, last two, one, one buy low and one sell high here. Uh, my my buy low is if you want to take a swing on a superstar, uh, you know, and it's something to investigate because a lot of times if, you know, if you're solidly in the playoffs, you're probably not going to do a giant roster shakeup on this. But a lot of times if you're sitting at eight, you know, you got to do something wild. It's that's the right team to investigate a two for one with. I think it is like if, if somebody thinks, well, I'm already missing the playoffs, I might as well just try to roll the dice and blow this thing up. Um, <laughs> you know, this is kind of obvious, but I would say just throw lob an offer in for Kawhi. Um He's you know, killing he's it so hard. Talk about a a, a rushing buy it, high. It. Yeah. Buy high. But I think it's but I think you're really you're buying real. Um you, you know, I mean, yeah, his his sure. his his minutes per game oh, throughout the course of the season. So starting in October and then finishing with this current month, he went from 21 to 24 to 32 to 35 and now Kawhi Leonard's averaging 38 minutes a night in February. Um, so he's, he's kind of that, that actualized version of Kawhi. Normally I'm a stay away from Kawhi. I usually don't draft him. I don't touch him, but I think, uh, I think you know. Looking ahead to the rest of the season, he's got he does have one back to back in the playoffs, but his back to backs are mainly behind him. So I think you you should see a lot of minutes played uh, going forward.
0: All that rest, you know, being load management king, it's paid off for this stretch. I, right. you did allude to the fact that you weren't able to catch much of the historic Kings Clippers game the other night. Mm. Um, but my God, Kawhi looks like he was that dude and he just could not miss. Like there was just something about the way he was carrying himself. Uh, one of the best games I've seen in a long time. I feel fortunate that that's what we decided to do with our Friday night and that we uh, had the you know freedom to do so, but um, man, that game was nuts. And Kawhi looked spry, youthful, locked in, uh, expressive at times, lightly expressive. But
1: expressive, wow, lightly express
0: yourself, lightly expressive.
1: <laughs> wow, he cracked a couple Dang, smiles. I've, ne- I've, I've never heard that one. That's that's, that's good. I, I guess
0: that's a compliment. <laughs> and hey, I will say this: uh, not super fantasy related, except to say that maybe Westbrook is a hold. He's a low end hold. Um, but they played really well with him, and it's because they pre- play spread out. They play five out, and you yeah. have Russ kind of – his ability to penetrate and get it to the teeth of the defense and kick the ball out and spray it out to shooters. I don't know. It was early, but they looked they actually fell apart when Russell Westbrook fouled out, and then the Kings kind of took over. So that was interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as long as they play the Kings defense every night, Westbrook is uh, is a definite uh, by low. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of bad
0: defenses out West. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, you play the Blazers too. Um yeah, so my my very last guy before wrapping it up here, um an, another guy that you don't you don't need to sell, but you know, it's something to worth just you know, just kind of investigate. Um it's Jalen Brunson, um Ooh. who's a very good player. yes, uh, T- you know, tell Odin why you should sell him. Please. well right i mean i think if, if, you, if you have them and you want to keep them that's totally fine you don't you don't need a trade but it's something to investigate just because he's been on a heater recently that's um true. he's the, he's the number 42nd ranked player uh on the year um but over the last month he's number 11 um how is he doing that well it's really because his points per game is up 10 per game over the last month uh and he's doing that with with just sweet shooting. Um, you know, he's shooting 55% from the fields over the last month. On the season, he's 49%. For his career, he's 49%. So he's seeing a seeing a percentage bump in there. Um, the other way he's doing it is he's getting to the line a little bit more often as well. He's shooting an extra 3.1 uh, uh, free, you know, going kind of gimmies per night. But I just kind of wonder if some of that is tied to uh mitchy robinson being out and kind of the the lane being cleared up a little bit um you know it's you 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 don't want to draw too much conclusions from one game but this last game robinson was back his his three throws went right back down to where they've been all season long so um you know if you don't want to sell them that's fine you're still going to get really good value but i think it's something it, yeah, if you're listening to
0: this segment natron has on jalen brunson and you're curious go to hashtag basketball pull up the next man up feature and take a look at um the numbers of brunson with mitchell robinson and without such a great tool and i'm using it for a lot of this research so big shout out to you guys at hashtag basketball mm-hmm. um because you can get those numbers really quick but it, it's a good point um early sample size alert but yeah i like this
1: yeah yeah just kind of you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking for trades, he's he
0: kind of fits the build. It's interesting. Um, I've had a couple other players in mind that are similar to that that I didn't include on this list. One of them is is Fred Van Vliet, and I'll just throw him out as a quick buy low because I think once the Raptors kept it together, they kept the band together, I think a lot of the players that we were confused about is maybe being uh, sell highs like Van Vliet. I think that flips. And... He just had a child, and the last time Fred VanVleet had a child, this is all well, well-versed. well He's missed the last two games due to the birth of his second child, I think. Last time he had a child, oh. he went berserk for a couple weeks. <laughs> just nuts. Really? So the joy of having a child might ride Fred VanVleet into a top 20, uh, you know, a couple weeks into your fantasy playoffs, So uh, you always trust the baby bump.
1: Oh, see, that's interesting because uh, our first child was born the <laughs> day Dame- – dame's first child was born the same week uh that we had our first kid that's and awesome. i remember like awesome. i remember watching this game he he had a bad uh he had a bad stretch after afterwards dame did and i remember thinking like i was just like so tired i was like how the and granted like he probably has like 15 maids or whatever but like i was like how do you even go out there and play like i, I have a hard time like making coffee right now but uh uh so but uh but fred land v uh fred fred has obviously got that i guess that canadian health care that's probably helping him <laughs> out
0: a little bit That was a nice, uh, I think you should leave face. You're like, how can I even play? (laughs) 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 Okay. I'm going to, with the Rashid Wallace behind you and it being kind of a fresh topic, I'm going to impromptu put you on the spot for a little Blazers corner. If you you don't Mm -hmm. mind. Sure. Yeah, always. So just put on your fantasy hat, take off. We'll use the information you have as a, as a, you know, very knowledgeable Blazers fan. So obviously it, Felt funny. Didn't feel good. You know, I know there was the blizzard in Portland. There was the video released of Dame freestyling on a plane, which was very fun. But then, okay, you bye. know, it was it was great. I love Dame. Um, but then Dame and Jeremy Grant are arrested. Um, The first game and out, out of the All-Star break. Super weak. So speak to the owners of these players. Speak to Grant. Speak to especially Dame. Um, I know Dame came out and said he told some of the guys on the team this game against Houston, and I have that parlayed many different ways because I think the Blazers are going to kill the Rockets tonight. Um, Yes. But he called it a must win game. So um, how does that affect your perception of Dame as a buy low or sell high in fantasy? Kind of how worried are you? Just take this question in any way, you know what I'm asking you.
1: Yeah, I I know you're asking and I wish that I had a more concrete answer because I I don't know. And I, but I do feel like uh, it's interesting. Just there, the, the public sentiment, which isn't necessarily the way that the team will go, but the public sentiment uh, just, you know, from beat reporters and everything is there's a little bit of uh, kind of growing thought or growing acceptance that that if they had to tank the end of the season, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world where I feel like, uh, you know, four or five weeks ago. The sentiment was very against that. Um, I think if they would have started it then, people would have been very infuriated. But now I think there's maybe a little bit of resignment to it. And some of it is that they're in 11th place in the West at the moment or 12th or whatever it is. Um, So I think but I do think that, you know, and we saw this in the bubble, too, that if Dame feels like if they have a chance to get in, he's going to ball out as hard as he can to do it. So I think that as long as he's on the, the court, which he seems everything he's saying seems to say that he wants to be. Wow. Um, and I think that the Blazers realistically, you know, I think you could, you could make an argument for both ways. The roster isn't good enough to compete in it, you know, to win a title at the moment. But I think at the same time, they have a lot of incentive to win as many games as they can the rest of the season. And that, the reason for that is Jeremy Grant's because Jeremy Grant is a free agent after the season, right. he could leave. And if he leaves that team is all of a sudden is no longer any right. good at all. So I think this is kind of a, they need to prove to Jeremy Grant that, Hey, you can win here because he's on record saying, all I want to do with my next contract is be someplace where I can win. So I think the Blazers uh, I think it's important to them to, to show that, that he can do that here. So I, I'm not, I wouldn't be afraid uh, for trading for any blazers at this point. I wouldn't um, you know, like pile up any Shane sharp stock or anything like that because I don't think that's going to be fruitful. Um, But uh, yeah, I think, I don't know how good they're going to be, but I think they're going to try to win.
0: Very well vetted answer. Good on you, buddy. I appreciate that. Let me let me rephrase it in one very specific way. Say you are in first place in your league, and your best player is Damian Lillard. What's your level of concern that you will be the best team throughout the fantasy playoffs? Uh, I I wouldn't have any concern. Right? Okay. I I I, oh. I really wouldn't. I
1: think I think you, you never know. You never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. And just like we talked about in the in the the lead up to the trade deadline podcast, or maybe it was a few weeks before that it's hard to, to make guesses on what's going to happen. Um, but I think in general, I mean, I, mean, we're talking about the Blazers here and kind of projecting, you know, who's going to be on your roster, but that's, it's a, it's a great question in general, because I feel like there's been quite a few seasons in, in, in years past. And maybe you've had a roster like this before where you're sitting really high in the standings and you kind of take that hard look at your team and you think, I got a lot of guys on bad teams here or that could start taking it. I wonder like, even though I'm in second place, I'm not sure I can win it all. I got, I think maybe once the playoff starts, I'm going to have the 11th best roster. Uh, But I think it's, it's weird because there's so much continuity this season or, or teams are not continuity, but, teams are kind of locked into their trajectory a little bit um, that I think that the tanking teams are the tanking teams and the, and everybody else is the playoff for the play and chasing teams. Um, So I think maybe we're not going to see these like wild swings of a guy of, of these like hollow paper tigers uh, in the standings.
0: (laughs) That was a great response. You got my juices flowing again. So I'm going to give the listener (laughs) what I'm calling my boat, my bonus uh, sell high. Mm, nice all right shea Gilchis alexander <laughs> yeah listen man and i gotta give a shout out because this was inspired and i was thinking about it but um jonas nader he worked for nbc sports Edge for a long time um mm-hmm. not sure if he's there anymore but he's, he's a great follow on twitter so he tweeted last night it's almost march and just like clockwork shea Gilchis alexander's ankle is starting to hurt He's mm-hmm. two games. So um, Odin's peen, shout yep. out in our league of record. Like I'm sure you're sweating it a little bit. So just kind of interesting. Sometimes these takes no, take that's, a while. Mark, Mark city's got them. Thank you. Thanks for the correction. That was, yep. That was last year. Um, yeah. Mark city does have them. Um, he just picked up Malik monk anyways. Um, so yeah, just something to think about because like I said, these are the goats. They're the goats. Uh, I don't think they want the 10th seed. So we'll just keep an eye on that. But uh, I'm just going to reinvest in my former t- take and man, maybe it doesn't take much to sound the alarm. So maybe you just hold I uh, yeah, I wouldn't sell crazy high, but I don't know, man. Like if you've got a really strong team and say, Shea's your fourth best player. If you can turn him into a player of equal value on a team that has every incentive to win, I-, I would consider it.
1: Yeah. I, it seemed like there was a organizational decision over the all-star break, but uh, you know, Small sample size, but uh, I kind of was wondering the same thing as well. It, uh, it works in my favor because I'm playing against Shay right now. But, uh, yeah, I think that's – Wow.
0: That's, you, yeah. Well, that's nice. Your, your luck can turn after the Gary Trent Jr. debacle. By the way, the picture on Twitter of Bonnie Bucket Hat uh, got a lot of traction. Um, you know, a lot of people got to see that. Um, so, good work by her. Let her know that she's internet famous.
1: I'm glad, I'm glad my, my pain could provide uh, some like strangers on the
0: internet, some joy. (laughs) (laughs) So so yeah, that's, that's what I got for our Milo So High show. I'm going to get this thing edited. So it'll, uh, it'll drop. um, When you wake up on Monday and you're getting ready for work, this pod will be at the top of your feed. Um, So yeah, just check your, make sure you're checking your trade deadline, get a jump up, make sure you know when your playoffs are, start to come up with a strategy. Uh, Think ahead. Um, and of course assess where you're at in the standings and let that guide your your direction as far as making moves.
1: That's it. That's it. I uh, uh, hope everybody wins their week this season or this uh, tonight, and uh, let, let's get on it. I'm excited to get into these playoffs.
0: It's up for the dickhead who's playing you, right? What an asshole that guy is. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, before we get into too much chatter at the end here, for Natron Clean, this is your boy Flying Jay. Uh, And we will talk to y'all soon. Later. All right, peace.